All right, welcome to the Hit Factor. We have one poor, sad little Sasquatch with us. Uh, you can see that he is, <laughs> we're recording this late, and he is shoveling pizza in his mouth as fast as he possibly can. He needs lots of fuel, lots of calories to burn. He, poor little man, he had a late flight last night, and he is just dragging bottom. And we don't know if he's going to make it through this podcast, but we're, he's he's giving his best. So this is just everybody thank Sasquatch for taking one for the team and putting his best effort in so that you guys have some content to listen yeah. to or watch, whether you're on Jared, YouTube. Jared or, waits till we're about five minutes till we're supposed to record, and then he throws dinner in the oven. Okay, okay, like, hey, guys, I got to wait for dinner to cook. I just threw it in the oven. I was late doing it because I, I started pre-eating the oven, and I was taking the RO test because today's the last day of February, so I got to get it done today. I had to start it today. I guess I could have till like March 20th to do it, but I forgot to, or when I was working on it, like whenever the oven beeped that it was ready, I'm like, oh, I'll just do a couple more questions. And then I looked up and it was like 8.45. Like, uh, got to throw this pizza in. That sounds, Man. sounds about right. Are you, are you, are certified? <laughs> I don't think so. I, I, yeah, I, I fuck was, off. I was at one point. <laughs> But, and then you realize the test of pain in the ass to take and quit doing it. Well, I just like I never, I never used it. I didn't need it, and so, uh, the, yeah, the RO certification system is kind of interesting. I feel like that could be that process could be made simpler. The the problem isn't knowing the rules; it's looking up the exact rule for everything. So you, I'm like, you gotta you gotta dig through the rule book to find each one. Some aren't bad, but whenever it's like, uh. Uh, one that was on there was talking about like a bullet fully penetrating the target, right? So if a bullet gets stuck in a target, it's a mic. It has to fully penetrate the target. Yeah. So then you have to keyword search the right word to find that in the scoring section of the rule book. It takes four or five minutes of question because you got to look everything up. Yeah, I guess. I mean, when I was RO certified, it was all just a actual rule book. It was there was nothing online whenever I was. Whenever yeah. I took the class. Uh, if I had to get a paper rule book out to do this, I wouldn't renew it. You do that uh, control F search, search the rule book. That's right. How often have you guys seen a, an RO actually reference a rule book at a match? Well, they pull out their print. Oh, wait, we don't print rule books anymore. Yeah, that was too that was too much of an expense. We could not afford that as an org to continue to uh, to print those out. I mean, I have seen competitors pull rule books out. I've, I, don't yep. know that yep. I don't know that I've ever seen an RO pull a rule book. I'm pretty sure the only time I've seen a competitor pull it out was either one, there was a couple guys debating which way a ruling should go. So they were talking about it looking in the rule book or it was an arbitration. Yeah, that's looking for the rule to put on the arbitration form. That's where I've seen it is in is for arbitration. Um, so I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't know if I don't know if the process can be better or not, honestly, because I haven't done it lately. It's probably been six years since I got my cert. Um, it's easy to complain about because I don't want to do it, but I don't think it's a bad thing that you actually have to test yearly to keep it up. Yeah, I, th is, I think testing is fine. Yeah, the last thing you want is some RO at Nationals that's trying to reference a rule that's been out of the book for 20 years. Well, I mean, like, honestly, you have to continue to – you really should probably test every six months because they're going to change the rule book every six months anyway. So we got to – like, you got to – how are you going to know what the current rules are? Uh, so you almost got to retest well, it quite frequently. I'm hoping the next president will have a little more rule stability and that we're not changing rules that frequently. Maybe we can even print rule books again. Yeah, that'd be kind of. I mean, I, I don't know why you wouldn't print it. Um, I, I don't know. Like maybe there's a good justification not to print the rule book, but it seems like, seems like, hey, if people want it printed, we'll print it. Like it can't cost that much. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Don't know. Yeah. So so we've got. So I guess has it? Are we solidified in who all's running for president now? Do we now know like the. It looked like that it was pretty solid selection on that podcast the other day. We so we have about. we have Hopkins, and we have Yee Min, 
Like those are the two guys that I know. And then Bruce six, or is that Bruce one? I can't remember. Bruce Wells is six. Oh, Bruce six. Uh, and then Steve, is there a Steve guy? Steve. Steve Moneypenny maybe? Is Moneypenny his actual name? I have is, no idea. Or is that like, uh, like a, isn't, isn't, okay. I'm a, is that a James Bond reference? Isn't there a money penny in James Bond? I, I don't know. I'm not. I don't. Like, I'm really. Jeff has me afraid to like reference any sort of movie at this point because I'm going to get it wrong. I, I, I would right. almost bet money that that's not in James Bond just because it's you. Sorry, trying to bring up. Is that the, you, Sasquatch? What yeah, are you it doing? Was, it was a casual shooters podcast. I was trying to bring up who all was on it so we could reference who all was running because i think that's everybody they did like a little debate thing the other night yeah so who were the other two guys the ones that were all right let's see steve okay uh just i there is a money penny and i think she's like james bond's secretary in the bond movies and her name is miss money penny so wow all right i got that right you're like one in ten hey that's if you don't take a shot, you'll always miss. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so you mean, uh, and there's also a Mike Shadowlove, I think. It's hard to see on my phone screen. Little mm-hmm. video. It sounded, well, I, I was going to say his name sounded Russian, but that would like, I don't want to put that in right now with the current with the current political events. I don't want to say that his name's Russian, uh, like even though the, the name kind of sounds Russian. Uh, so... I should, probably should not have referenced that at all, but sorry, sorry, Mike. Uh, I did not, I did not mean to put that on onto you. Are you trying well, to say you don't like Russian people, Jeremy? Uh, I'm, I'm saying right now it's probably not a good political move to be associated with anything Russia. So you, you weren't, you weren't looking for Russian vodka today. Nope, I don't have any. I don't have any in my house. If I did, I might would even pour it out. Like, oh my god. Anyway, it's a little off topic, but did you guys see that uh, Ipsic like is yeah. not sanctioning any matches in Russia this year or level well, three? Well, level three. Level yeah. is it level three? Level, level three. three. Yep. Yeah. they're level yeah. three and will not be allowed to be hosted in Russia. Which yeah, in Ipsic, it, that would be nationals, right? No, nationals are level four, I think. So it, and so, the world, I think the world shoots level five. Yeah. So basically, no, no, nothing larger than like a state level match will be in Russia this year. Yeah, I think I think that's correct. Um, there was some, there was some outcry. There were some people. I mean, I saw it on Ben's Instagram, and there were some people complaining about it. Well, the the Russian people aren't aren't to blame. Like, you know what? Like, I. I get it, like the Russian, like y'all Russian people aren't, but I bet y'all aren't going across to Ukraine to help defend them. Like maybe you are, maybe you're not. Like we don't really oh, yeah. need to go down this road, but like, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it's best we just just back up. I just well, of course you're gonna say that because you're gonna like this. We're way far past politically correct, which is gonna like make you leave here soon, probably. But hey, there there are plenty of Russian people in jail right now for protesting what their country's doing. So that's good. I mean, like I, that's not good that they're in jail. That's good that they are protesting. <laughs> it's like, like I just clarify. Throw them in jail. <laughs> Throw them all in jail. No, it's good that they're, it's good that they're protesting. Like that's good. Uh, I'm glad to hear that. Um, that's, but at some point, like, I, I don't know. I think you got You do have to kind of sanction the, like, Hey, there's, co- there's consequences to, to stuff. Uh, and, and that's going to mean sanctioning, like that should mean sanctioning for their Olympic I mean, stuff. I think that, I think that's all appropriate. That's just my take. Some people would be mad at me. Uh, that's fine. I think it's probably more of a, a feel good reaction than anything just to be like, look, see, we're doing something, but yeah, I mean a little bit, I mean the IPSC president is Russian. Uh, so there's a little bit of uh like, okay, that's, uh, that's kind of interesting. But, uh, huh. yeah, it is interesting. So, yeah, we, we don't need to probably go. I mean, Jared's right. Like, I'm not, I'm, I'm not afraid to talk about like Russia and Ukraine, but I'm not anywhere near well-versed enough into all of what's yeah. going on to, to speak, 
uh, about it in an educated way. So I'm, I'm there, not an expert either. Yeah. It just looks like to me that currently Ukraine is winning. I I hope I that know. will end up being the case. It, it's even hard to be educated these days, dude. Because I mean, you don't you don't know what's like true and what's not true, and and who's yeah. the conspirator and who's not the conspirator. And I think who that's I mean that's knows, dude. Yeah, like you're not. Is not are we gonna actually trust like any sort of news source anymore today? Like, I don't know. I you wouldn't. I just hope their president really said, "I don't need a ride. I need bullets." That's right, a pretty yeah. happy quote. If they did say that, that would be awesome. <laughs> that would be right, that yeah. would be great. Mm. All right. Yeah. Uh, uh, wait, we had I got some, some ho- housekeeping real quick. Oh, well, let's hear it. First, first thing, I'm drinking early times because I finally found a bottle locally. So that um, is probably the new one. Oh yeah. Yeah, the one that Sazerac they they now like because they bought the label. Uh, and okay. so that's probably the new one. Do you like it as well? It's it's hard to tell. I feel like I don't like it as well. Yep, that's. Um. But also, I don't know because I've been I've been drinking like nicer bourbons since I had it last. So I don't yeah. know. Yeah, it's I, I don't s- know. I've still got like a quarter of a bottle of the old one because I wanted to keep it to compare it to. I haven't seen the new one yet, but I'm sure it'll show up. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, it's got soon. like a screw top lid instead of a. No, the well, other one the had other a screw one... top. Yeah, the other yeah, one had a screw top. The labels look a, really uh, similar. It has a aluminum like screw top lid instead yeah. of the plastic one. Yeah, the, they the everything looks really similar. There are some differences in the bottle. Um, every review that I've seen of it, they're all everybody's kind of disappointed because they're like, yeah, it's still good for a twenty five dollar bottle. Like it's still it's still kind of good, but it's not as good as it was. Uh, huh. So that's disappointing. Um, I have uh, this the bourbon I have tonight. It's, it's not the best bourbon in the world. It's only like aged for like three years, but it's called it's called Dry Fly Bourbon, uh, and so it's got a big picture of like a a mayfly, which y- y'all may not know what a mayfly is, but it's got a big picture of like a mayfly, and it's called Dry Fly Bourbon. I was like, uh, I have to have that. So I bought it because you right. love may because you love mayflies so much. I love fly fishing. Oh, okay, so it's like I a dry connection. dry fly is like a fly fit like a like you fit you can fly fish with a a dry fly or a wet fly or a nymph or something like that. Uh, so gotcha. So it was like a novelty thing. Yeah, it's kind of a novelty. Uh, they're actually they're they're a new they're a new distillery. Uh, I think they're out of Washington State. And so like, this is like, they're three years old. It's three years old. Cause that's like the oldest bourbon that they have. Cause they're, they're only like three years old. Um, so it's actually, it's actually for only being three years old. It's pretty good. Like there's kind of, it's kind of like a uh, orange and marshmallow flavor, like taste, which is kind of good. Uh, there's also, because it's so young, like it, it kind of has a cardboard taste to it too. Um, oh, yummy. Yeah, uh, but it's like I I will continue to get it in the future, cause, like as it gets older, because I think once it gets older, I think it's gonna be pretty good. Um, but hmm. I got it as a as kind of a novelty, so it's not bad. It's just not. I have a lot better stuff, but it's not bad. Sasquatch would drink it and be like, "Oh, that's fine," and he'd he'd put a half bottle down. Yeah, I'll trust you on that. Well, uh, I'm not drinking anything interesting tonight. I'm actually having good old-fashioned water. Oh, an old-fashioned water. Yeah, it just seems like a good drink to have with my pizzas. And you guys were rushing me to get on, so I didn't have time to pour another drink. It takes a long time to snap a beer open, doesn't it? Uh, I don't have any beer. I'm out of beer. You're out of... Well, that's That probably didn't happen that often in your house. Actually, I rarely keep beer at the house. I think huh. that shocks everybody. Huh. What? Yeah, I, I buy it as needed to consume. I don't keep extra beer here. If I feel like having a 12-pack this week, and I go buy a 12-pack. If I feel like having a case, I go buy a case. If I don't feel like drinking, I just don't buy any beer. I just figured you had, like, a keg, and you just went and swapped that out once a week. 
tried that. It was I actually drank way too much when I had a kegerator, so I got rid of it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, the other housekeeping is I've been sick for this week, so I'll try to mute the mic if I have to like cough or sneeze or do something else disgusting with my nasal passages. But uh, yeah, so it was payback for making fun of Jeremy last time. I I look forward to that to whatever happens. Uh, yeah. Anyway, you were very all. mean that's, to me. I was. I was. I enjoyed you it. You probably deserved it. Uh, so that's my housekeeping. Uh, do you guys have anything else before we? Uh, like dive? if it, if we're a little late, uh, if this comes out, if this doesn't come out on time, uh, like. We're busy. Like, just well, be cool, man. Just be cool. Like, just be cool. Yeah, Jeff's busy. Could... Jeff's the one doing the editing and putting it out, and and he's got kids, man, or he's got a kid, and yeah. like life happens. Sometimes you give yeah. your kids a bandage and they have an allergic reaction to them, and then you keep giving them that bandage, and it's just, yeah. it's tough, yeah. man. And you you cover that you cover that wound. With you cover that wound with a bigger bandage. bandage. Yeah. yeah. And that gets bad, and you put another bad bandage on it. <laughs> anyway, I wouldn't know anything about that. Um, <laughs> the the uh, oh, I had another thing. Damn it. Um. Oh yeah, I was gonna touch on the app real quick. So the app is currently on hold, and I'm very sorry, but it is. We're doing software updates at work, and. I'm very involved in that and then having to take over the editing for the podcast. It's just, I don't have time to work on it right now. So it sucks. I wanted to finish it and get it working for training this season, but it's just not happening. I'll just be honest. It's not happening. Understandable. Okay. Anything else before we tackle Let's talk some, some shooting. Let's talk about shooting. I like that. I like shooting. Okay, so we have this one question that's getting a little stale that I want to go ahead and answer. I don't know if you guys even have a, a uh, an answer for it, but I actually did do a little bit of research and gave some opinions. Someone asked what how we felt about these uh, Instagram accounts, and this was like mainly during the whole uh, BOD inquiry like everyone was you know speculating on what was going on and everything but also one of the accounts was on like just cheating within the the sport so someone asked uh what are your opinions on the z underscore uspsa account and uspsa underscore insight accounts on instagram uh the z account was the one that was kind of Almost trolling a little bit, right? Like the current board and leadership? Yeah, all right. So here's what I have written down. I wrote this down a few weeks ago. So uh, ZUSPSA, I wrote pretty useless. Nothing in here that Ben and others haven't said already publicly uh, or out loud. I think maybe this account was started before everything came unraveled and revealed and everything. So currently, yeah. Very uninteresting stuff on there to me. Any opinions on that one? Uh, I would say probably pretty accurate on that. I didn't. I, mean, I took a minute to remember what it was. I don't even really like nothing that they posted rings a bell now. So that tells me that it was either posted a lot or I didn't notice it. And, oh. and I remember seeing the account name, so it means it was probably the same stuff that was posted on other accounts or nothing new, like you said. Yeah, I, w- I would almost suspect that count of, like, being Ben. Uh, <laughs> I don't. I have no idea if it is, but... I, I doubt that because he was posting the same type of stuff, so I don't really know why he would create a second account to post the same thing. I, yeah. I mean, like, just looking at, like, currently the, it's, there's been 25 posts on that count, and there's 800 followers, so not exactly largely influential uh, at that point. Um, yeah. So I, like... It was, I think it was kind of a hype account. They were like, something's coming. Yeah. Something big. 
yeah. So yeah. Anyway, it was. They must have been talking about the uh, World War Three that's starting. Yeah. Right. Exactly. It was interesting for like two seconds. All right. Yeah, and then the Insights account is the one I think there were more, and they're a little bit bigger. They've got like fourteen hundred followers. They've made like eighty nine posts. So they've they've been a lot more active, and their posts are. It's certainly the more interesting one. Yeah, there's. I mean, there's a couple memes in it, but it's it's much more, like, hey, here's here's a bunch of evidence of of cheating. It looks like and stuff like that. Well, it wasn't even just like evidence of cheating. It was just like raw data and take it with what you will. There was plenty of, like, when you scroll through the data, it's very clear that there's plenty of stuff that doesn't look right there. But it does. It's not just like. Oh, everything in here is cheating. Like you know, I mean, you look through some of those classifiers. I think uh, a bunch of the people at like the Stage Zero Club or whatever out in North Carolina or whatever, I they ended up getting their classifications bumped down because you had a bunch of like B level dudes shooting the highest hit factors ever shot on a ton of classifiers, all the same match. That's uh, I. I mean, like I think that's probably that as far as like the the question to us, like that was probably a good service to the sport that like. Hey, like this is, there's clearly something like you just look at the the evidence and like something ain't right here. Uh, so I think there's there's something good there. Um, yeah. Like I'll, I'll say, like I think we can take this topic a little bit further. Like one, I think one of the I listened to a little bit of that podcast with all of the um candidates, the the presidential mm-hmm. candidates. So I think one of them said like his main thing was like trying to add like integrity back into the sport uh and, yeah, yeah and like i i, I may on, be oversimplifying go. i may be pulling like just have the wool pulled over my eyes like i don't necessarily see that as a huge thing like the, i'm not saying that cheating is okay like when i say it's not a huge thing i'm not saying that cheating is okay uh like and I, I think probably the board did mishandle some, like, they have certainly allowed cheating to take place uh, without probably proper punishment. I think there's definitely been some some culpability there uh, in the past with that. I think, I don't necessarily know that that's a huge cancer in our sport. Like, uh, maybe it I, is. Like, maybe that's, maybe that's me being really naive. So I would disagree with you. You think it is a big cancer? No, I don't think it's a big cancer, but I think it's the starting of a problem. Okay. It's clearly, like, look back to, like, five years ago, what we saw, compared to the last, like, year or two. The amount of cheating we've seen in the last year or two, especially, like, like I said, with stage zero stuff, like, the clearly suspicious high hit factors, the stages that, like, weren't set up right but still turned in and stuff like that. It's just like if you don't do anything about it, it can become a big issue. You kind of got to handle it before it's a big issue. I don't think that's unique in the last – I don't think that's at all unique in the last five years. I think that's just in the last five years, everything is – everything's – everybody's posting videos on social media all the time, and you have the – you have practice scores so you can look at all these matches and see it, whereas in the past, like – the cheating happened, and it was just nobody knew it was happening. Well, you got to remember too. A couple of years ago, you didn't you, you could figure out the hit factors for stuff, but it wasn't like published. Where now it's published as well. Yeah, I mean, I I never like there was never a time where I didn't know what a hundred percent was on a classifier. Yeah, but it, it took a little work to get to it. Then now it's just kind of like it took like put it three in the app. minutes. Okay, so I'm going to just read what I wrote down a couple weeks ago since I don't remember a ton about looking at this page. But I wrote, seems kind of witch hunty and very concerned with Cowden's home range. There was some interesting stuff in there as far as conversations with Leighton and some edit, uh, edit tracking. Uh, but some stuff I just felt was anomalies, which our current classification system is sort of inclined to produce via zero or hero practices and dropping off runs that are too far below the current class. Um, so that's what I wrote. 
I, I mean, I can see how someone would create that page if they just love crunching data. Like, they're really into data analytics and just trying to pull anomalies and stuff. But, uh, I don't know. As far as, like, the, the cheating stuff goes, I mean, I get, like, at a major, uh, someone changing scores and, like, winning a match and that being an issue. Mm-hmm. As far as someone, like, editing their score classification score like i don't give a shit (laughs) at all if someone edits their classification score like knock yourself out uh yeah yeah if you want to be a b-class shooter but you want to have gm next to your name and you want to go to a major match and then you're a gm and you finish 40th yeah like you you are the meat bag you are the meat bags that i loved when i was a b-class shooter because I could come and beat you at a major and you were an M or a GM. Uh, yeah, I don't care at all. I tend to fall more in line with that. Uh, like, I, I think that people make the classification system way more than it is. Like, is the, is the, like, people like, do we, is the classification system broken? Do we need this? Like, generally speaking, you go through major match results, you go through national results. The GMs are close to the top. The M's are a little below them. The A's are like, like generally speaking, it's fine. Are there some weird anomalies in there? Yeah. But do we need to revamp everything because of those strange anomalies? I don't, I don't think so. When when treated correctly, I don't think it's too far off. I mean, like you said, you're going to have some anomalies there, but I mean, a lot of that could be this B class guy who's, you know, really ramped up his training this year, and he's going to make M class soon. He's just not there yet. Like he's having shot the classifiers. I mean, that stuff happens. Wait, well, I mean, yeah. you have Ben who classified as a GM. His first classification was a GM. So, like, if yeah. you were if you were looking at the analytics, if you were just looking strictly at the analytics of that, you might come out like this dude's cheating. Because like, how how is how is this guy who has no classifications at all? And he's throwing up ninety and ninety-five and one hundred percent classifications. Like clearly, he's cheating. Well, I don't think he was. I don't think he cheated his way uh, to that. Um, and like, so like sometimes uh, Jeff is right a little bit. Sometimes just looking at raw data like that, yeah, somebody's been B class for a long time, and all of a sudden they're well, maybe maybe they've just been casually in the sport, and all of a sudden. Hey, I've got some free time. I took some classes. I started dry firing. I started training, and yeah, I'm throwing up twenty percent higher classification scores. Well, yeah, and I feel like B classes kind of makes that happen. Like it's it's a little difficult to, to get out of B class, so I don't feel like it's uncommon for people to start shooting like a master class level before they can get out of B class. So you start throwing up these good scores, and it's it's perfectly normal. Uh, you're just been in B class a while, and now you're getting better. I don't yeah, know. yeah. Well, what what I've seen happen too, like locally, is you know a couple of guys are shooting with their friends, and one of them starts training, and gets better, and then all of a sudden his buddy decides he has to catch up, and he really ramps it up, and then somebody shoots from you know B class to M class in six months or a year. Yeah, yeah. But you know they're showing up to majors, and they're all trained up, and they're shooting, you know, at A or M level, and they're still B class. It happens. Yeah. I don't, I don't see an issue with the classification system, and I guess yeah. overall it works as it should. Okay, yeah, well, we're basically talking about the next question anyway, so I'm gonna read it. Let's hear it. Okay, do you think the classification system needs an overhaul with the recent information that has come out of tainted high hit factors and inappropriately laid out classifiers? Or do you guys think that it only really matters when shooting against your peers at large matches? Okay, and then there's also like a follow-up question to that, someone else, that uh, Justin Lee asked. Uh, With the above classification question, is there a better way to determine classification uh, performance at nationals, area matches, or is the current system adequate when people aren't cheating? Or some mix of the two. Well, I think like so, we already covered there. Yeah, in large, is the current class classification system adequate? Uh, should it be tweaked? Should it be completely changed? 
go. Yeah. Well, so outside of like we already said, the people that are cheating their way to a higher classification, while I think it's dumb, they really only hurt themselves doing that. I guess, yeah, theoretically, they, they take away from someone who earned an M or GM classification, but if you're getting destroyed at major matches by a B class dude when you're GM, that's probably a self-solving issue for you. Um, I don't, I think it works well. Otherwise, I don't really know what you would change. I mean, the the thought of like, oh, you could uh, you could have to do this at a major match to get there. But if you, the thing you have to remember is, a hundred percent is where we stop on your ability to classify. But like, there's plenty of the top guys out there that could shoot a hundred twenty five, a hundred twenty percent on a classifier or something. So, it's. The very top of the sport are well over a hundred percent, basically, on our scoring model. Well, yeah, and the classifiers only test like because of the nature of them. They can only test a very small part of what it takes to like do well in the sport. Um, I mean, like the, I think they're a great place to like. I think classifiers are a great place. Like, if you're getting started in the sport, like pulling the classifiers out and using those to train and using those as a metric, like hey, I need to be able to do this in this amount of time and get these hits. Like, I think that's a good metric for you to kind of have some sort of idea of what it takes to be successful in the sport. But once you get past that, like once you get to trying to win matches, trying to win nationals, trying to place well at that, at that point then, like there's a lot more that goes in than just doing well on the – classifier basically stand and shoot classifiers i will say and i want to contradict myself a little bit earlier the one the one caveat with having people uh what do you call it grand bagging so people that are gms that shouldn't be is that the way the system works is that if there are if you're at a level two match and there are at least three gms in your division then that match becomes a classifier match and whatever you finish that just shoot over 90% or it doesn't matter. Okay. Um, well, but say you had three G. See, and, and USPSA in the past has not historically done a good job tracking that info uh, and, and doing that. Like that, like that has not been something that has, I've seen a lot of, a lot of inconsistencies in matches that are used as classifier and the matches that aren't. Uh, that should have been used it, and then matches that are used and they should not have been. But if you have a bunch of, if say you got, you got a local crowd and oh, I'm going to pick on North Carolina because I have no idea what's happening in North Carolina. You got a local <laughs> crowd, in North Carolina with a bunch of people uh, that are GMs that, that they grand bag, they kind of cheated their way to it. And then you have the North Carolina state match and those three people show up and you don't have any other GMs at like legit GMs show up well, then that match becomes a classifier match. Like, like, so like there's kind of a whole bunch of ifs, like if this happens and if this happens, then it can become and like, so there's a chance for that to be like problematic. Um, and if that happens, you can request to have your classification lowered to an appropriate level. Yeah, you can do that. I think there should be a, I think you should, like there should be a way that you get bumped down. I don't think like basically once you make GM, right? Like you're just a GM for life, basically. Uh, I don't think, I think you should have to maintain a certain level. Um, and so maybe once you've been a GM, you can't go below a class ever. But I think like if you become GM and like you've, you were a GM in 1995 and you haven't shot over 90% on a classifier or a match, in the last 20 years probably not a gm anymore like you probably should be bumped down to a more appropriate class um where where i saw the the classification system kind of get played and for when i thought was uh, there was some dishonesty going on is like you had like the walter programs and you had some other sponsorship programs and they were basically giving out and then, I mean, this is when Walter can do it. Like that's fine what they did, but the like they were basically yeah. like, if you won your class, then you got paid money from Walter, right? Like you got a check <laughs> from them. And yeah. so then you had you had some legitimate people who were like contending for national titles, and they're like they are they are tanking classifiers on purpose to make sure that they do not get bumped up to GM. 
so they can keep winning that money for winning masterclass. Uh, like, like, so when you see stuff like that, like, well, I mean, like they're playing the game a little bit, but like, I think that's a bit, that's a bit dishonest. Uh, I mean, to me, it's more just like, you just kind of lose respect for that person more than like, I guess it is what it is. Some people may get real offended about it. I think Jeff's shrugging his shoulders, like whatever that's, that's them doing it. Well, one, one, I mean, on Walter's part, that's just a lack of understanding of how the system should be played on their part. I agree. Um, I don't know. And then, you know, the other side, I'm not sure Walter even cared because, you know, they just have the guy that's shooting their gun is winning. Like what? Yeah. Like there's nobody at Walter. Like they don't care who, who wins nationals. I don't think, uh, they just want whoever's shooting their gun to be winning the category or the class. So like what? I mean, somebody's taking home the money. Um, so why, why do they care? Who, as long as they're shooting their gun and winning, so I don't know. I could see, it. but yeah, I mean, it's shitty in that, you know, that money could have been distributed amongst a few people, maybe. So the um, the bigger problem that I saw with that stuff is it's not like I don't care if some guy who's still A class that should be a GM if he beats me because he sandbags, whatever. He's better shooter, shot better. Where that takes away, though, is that guy that shouldn't be A-class anymore or B-class or whatever. Taking a trophy away from some dude who showed up to his first nationals or whatever and would have got a trophy and didn't. Like, it means something to that person, and it, it unfairly is taking away from lower down in the sport. And I don't I, – I'm and I mean, like, lower classification. I don't mean that negatively. So it's certainly – that's where the issue arises. It's kind of like once you've won a few trophies, you – you care a lot less, but that first one or, or that first major where you got one or first nationals, you got one or something, that stuff might mean something to you. And yeah. those people took away from that by negatively using the classification system. And I don't blame Walter for it. I mean, Walter was using smart marketing there. They got a ton of people shooting their stuff. I yeah. Yeah. Don't see the issue with it. They penetrated the market really well. Okay. So ideas on improvements. Y'all got anything? The classification system? On the severe sandbagging side of things, maybe the president or area directors might need to make adjustments if people, you know, if you're uh, you're winning a bunch of area matches and you're like B-class or something, or you're constantly shooting, you know, within 5 or 10% of national champion level shooters, maybe you should just get a match bump, even if you didn't technically get a match bump. Okay. Uh, to me, one of the biggest issues is like the actual hit factors for the clusters. So, like, I think we need to. There needs to be some, almost maybe it needs to be in the bylaws. I don't know, but like, there needs to be some sort of consistent turnover in um, in classifiers that we have and we have available to us. But they're also like their way of of assigning hit factor, like because depending on what hit factor like what classifier gets set up like it can be an impossible basically an impossible hit factor to get like a gm score on like there's some out there that and i think they got rid of but some of the ones that they got rid of here recently like the high hit factors on those were insane like there was no like like the only way to get a a a gm score was to just absolute hero or zero just absolute just go for it um, and the, but then you had others that were like, you could kind of, you could kind of screw up and take a kind of conservative run and still be in like 90, 95, like you could still be really close to GM score with a really kind of not, not great run. So like, I think there, I think there needs to be some sort of way to make that, like the skill set that's required to shoot 95% should be somewhat consistent across the board on these classifiers. Um, and I, like, I, I don't know what, how they're doing that currently. Like, I know that they've, in the past, they've done it. Like, they've, they've come out with new classifiers and they roll them out at nationals. And then whatever the high hit factor is at nationals becomes the high hit factor for that, for the classification to start with. Well, invariably, people that are shooting 
a class a stage at nationals are going to be a bit more conservative than somebody trying to shoot a classifier at a local match that they don't care about. And so, like, yeah. there's always this window, right? You come out with a new classifier, and if you hit that window right early, you can make GM pretty quick because those cl- those high hit factors are low. And then in a year, a whole bunch of really high hit factors have been turned in, and so now it's much harder to get to get yeah. those GM scores. Um, so there's got to be some way uh, to to send out some classifiers ahead of time, have clubs have send them to Max Michelle, send them to Ben, send them to JJ, send them to Christian Seiler, send them to like Nils, Mason, like like the known people in the sport say, Hey, set these up in practice and send us your high hit factor. Like you could take a couple practice runs cause, and then send us your high hit factor. Like what you, like what you think it, it should be. And, and you can kind of take a Like, I think, I think people would be on board for that. I, I don't, I mean, like if they asked me to to set up a classifier and hey figure out what you think a high hit factor should be for this, like I'd probably take the time to do that. Um, yeah. I I just feel like there's there's a little bit of inconsistency in what those high hit factors are that I think lends some arbitrariness to the to the system uh, that I think could be fixed. All right. Well, and I my only answer. other thing, I have the answer. To what you have the answer? Let's hear it. Yeah. Well, do you want to give your your other thing? No, because this no, because what you're gonna say, what I'm gonna add is is different, is a a different okay. Thing, so, okay, so I had a buddy in college who was really into cycling, and cycling has this system. They have the category system, like they don't mm-hmm. have classes; they have categories, right? So they have Cat Five, Four, Three, Two, One, and then Cat Pro, uh, and the only way to to Cat up is to place well at matches or to win, and it's based on a point system. So you go to lower level, uh, lower level matches or races, um, and you have to win multiple and collect a certain amount of points to get to the next category up. Um, and I basically think, I mean, we could bring someone on from cycling, and they probably have issues with that system, I would imagine. Um, but from from my standpoint, like, that's what I care about. Uh, like just start everybody in C class, and then if you want to move up, you got to go place well at matches. You don't have to win a bunch of matches, but you got to go to you know a handful of matches, and you got to place well, and you got to get some points, and that's how you get to the next class. Uh, or say you go to nationals and you make top five. Well, that's that's way more points than than winning at uh, you know a, a local match or uh, an area match would be you know a little more points than a state match. Uh, so I, I really like that system. Obviously, I don't know the details of it, or like the number of points you get or, or anything like that, or when your points start over, because uh, I think you're, they do have some sort of like points reset at the end of the year or something like that. Um, so it would be something, a different system, but I like that idea more uh, because I think it focuses us on competition more. Uh, instead of, oh, well, I'm just trying to get A-class. It's, well, I have to do better at matches. You know, that's how I move. That's how I I become more prestigious. That's how I move up. Um, I have to do better at matches. So it just kind of shifts the focus away from what class are you to how have you been doing at matches. Um, And I like that idea. So that would be my suggestion. I I mean I like that. I mean I think that's a good I think that's a good idea. I think that the difference between us and cycling is cycling you don't have uh seven or eight different divisions. I really need to count up how many divisions we have. Um yeah, yeah. Like so like so if you're if you're doing that then you're going to see people like hey I want to make GM. Ah, nobody's shooting L10 at this match. I can go get 100% at this match by shooting L10 so then I'm then I can, I can get bumped up that way. Um, so, uh, I mean, like, there's uh, that's just a that's just something that I think could you could see as being a, a problem um, with that, yeah, um, and yeah. people kind of chasing that stuff. Like our 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 talent gets spread out across divisions to where you're not actually competing. You're not actually always competing against all the best in the sport. 
Yeah. Or even all the best at a certain match. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's one of the things in, in there. Uh, I would have to talk to uh, to my buddy again, but I think like once you get to like the top three classes, they're like, it's the pro one twos. They all kind of race together. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it becomes much more difficult to class up. So it's like, maybe you can move up a few classes by winning a bunch of sectionals and whatnot, but to really move into the ranks of, of the, the pro one twos, like you have to go to some area matches and win and you got to go to nationals and finish well uh, kind of deal. So, I mean, there would be some details that would need some analyzing. Yeah. But, I mean, you could definitely like the, challenge that i presented you could there are there are workarounds for that uh my other suggestion actually plays along really well for that and then i i wish that there is a that there would be i've talked about it before on the podcast i wish there would be like a super gm category um that basically you can only earn it at nationals uh you can only earn it by placing a certain percentage at nationals and then once you once you've placed that percentage of nationals then you you have that, you have that classification for five years, three years. Mm. I don't know, a set time limit um, to where you you would lose it. But if you've done that well at nationals, then you get to you get to maintain that for for a certain amount of time. It's, I would like to like, see that because the distance between the distance between I think the distance between B class and GM is shorter than the distance between classifying as a GM and winning nationals. Like, so there's, there's a larger gap from GM to winning nationals than almost all the rest of the classification system put together. Well, it kind of comes back to what I was saying earlier. It's like the top tier GMs, you know, on our hundred percent scale, you know, they're at 120%. And as you get better, it gets harder and harder to cover that distance. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. and I mean, and I think that I think that is because the stuff that makes a a GM that's winning nationals able to win nationals are not skills that we can test in classifiers. Um, You know, it's stuff like hitting a fast swinger on one pass and uh, just it's crazy stuff that you're like, how do they freaking do that? that we can't really test with our, with our classifiers. Um, yeah. In my opinion. So I, I found that they're generally shooting more points faster than me. Yeah. Generally, generally speaking. Yes. Yeah. yeah I, I agree think, with I that. think that's all I had on that, but that's a good topic. I like that one. Yeah. And you can get lots of, you get a lot. You, you ask about classifiers, and you can get a whole lot of opinions from a whole lot of different people on how to handle that, right? Like, and I you're almost yeah. never going to get people in a complete agreement. Well, I think where people are make a big difference too. Like, probably five years ago, I probably had a completely different opinion. Now, I just I really don't care. Like, yeah. And man, I think I really think like the current classification system is geared toward the hobbyist like it's it's meant to get you involved and kind of have something to keep you occupied have something to keep you coming back it's Mm -hmm. not geared toward competition uh and that's the problem i have with it well some of the classifiers are just some of the older ones specifically are just really dumb Yeah, I think in general it works. I mean, the majority of our sport are hobbyists, uh, so I would yeah, I would certainly say keeping the class. I I would not be in favor of banning the classifier system. I think we need to. I think we do need to keep it. I, I think it serves fine. its function. Yeah. Um, Maybe we could just the split the sport into USPSA light and USPSA heavy. Two well, different I, classification systems: one for the hobbyist and one for the the one that that wants to compete. That would go really well with our eight divisions, so we can spread everyone out even more. So then we would have sixteen divisions. Ooh. I mean, you could somewhat like that. You have to sign up as an amateur or a pro uh, 
and, and you don't necessarily have to prove that you're getting paid for it, but you have to like, I mean, like golf, like you've got amateur golfers and you have pro golfers. Uh, and then you have PGA tour card carrying uh, golfers. Uh, but like, you could be like, okay, I want, I'm going to be pro track. Like I'm going to compete against the best or like, no, I'm just here as a, I'm just here as a hobbyist. I'm an amateur. So I'm not going to win anything. Uh, I'm not here to win anything. I'm just here to enjoy the sport. And then I got, if you want to be, a, if you want to win stuff in the sport, you sign up and be a pro and you compete against the best and you see if you can win. I think that'd be you, cool. There'd be tons I mean, of people, it, tons of people yeah, are like yelling at me right now. It's a cool idea. There's just not enough people in the sport to do that. Yeah. I think, Correct. I think that hurts the hobbyist side of it too, though. If you, if you start separating people out, I mean, one of the interesting things in the sport is you can be Joe Nobody who's been shooting for a year and gets to nationals and you're shooting in the same division as the very best people in our sport. Like it's one of the more interesting sides of it. So if you took, yeah, I mean, well, they'd still be competing. They would still see their scores against the best in the world. It's not like they wouldn't see their scores against them. So what would be the point of separating them? Well, like one can like, one is like Jeff said. One is you're going into the just the classification system, and one's going in to win money. Got the pro side. Plus, plus you'd be in the hobbyist side, so they could shoot against you, right? Absolutely. Me, me or Sasquatch? Who was who was you that you were referencing there? <laughs> I'm glad that you both took offense. That's all that matters. Well, Those are good question questions. All right, I think that's all we're gonna tackle tonight. Oh, we have one. We had one more. I thought that was. I thought there was one more good one that we had to talk about. I mean, there's more on here, but but it's been fifty minutes. Sasquatch is tired. His flight, you know, his pizza. He's been drinking water. Shit. Oh, we can ask. We can ask this one. I don't know who. Do you know who Potato for Hire is? No, I don't. So, like, I will say, like, with the Discord thing, when people have like these, like, their fake names, which I don't like, that's fine. But I like. Please. uh, Yeah, it's, it's funny. Like, it's good. Like, that's like that's awesome. But if I like. If you tell me like your name at a match and I just I'm like I have no idea who you are, please don't be offended. But we have no, one guy. Come up, yeah, come up and and tell me your Discord handle. Yeah, so, that'd probably be right? better, more helpful than your actual. Real and name. I'll be like, oh crap, I've I've known you for ten years. Oh wait, I think we've already answered. Did we already answer? Is this why you have a check mark? If you have a check mark, does that mean we've already answered it? Maybe. Usually, the pinned ones are the ones we haven't answered. Like, what's the point of shooting when you no longer believe you can win? Did we answer yeah, that we, already? Yeah, we, we answered that one. Oh, okay. Okay. Never mind. <laughs> I don't have another. That's I don't have any other questions then. Okay, that's my fault. Sorry. That's that's just mm-hmm. bad. That's just that's hey, my bad. Do y'all want to? Uh, y'all want to maybe put this one on YouTube? Are we gonna? Is this gonna? Is this our first episode on YouTube? what we're gonna go on youtube holy cow that's crazy okay all right all right anything else fellas i'm good i got all i said all i need to say no housekeeping uh ozark's match is coming up quick that's why i'm retesting for my ro certification so there's an actual ro on our stage yeah that there is that uh, we'll be there working the match, as we've said before. We're going to have some hats. Hats are ordered. Come uh, when, you're, when you're a crew, your uh, squad. That's the word. That's the word. It's, been a, it's been a while. It's been a while. Yeah. When your squad gets to our stage, you will, or you can. You don't have to participate. It's too much pressure. Uh, you'll try to predict the amount of time that you're going to shoot the stage in. Whoever is closest at the end of the squad shooting the stage will receive the prize hat, the limited edition, limited run, sequential serial numbers, um, 
hit factor novelty hat. It's gonna, I feel like it's going to be a very sought after hat. Like it's going to be yeah. Like if you show up to a match with a hit factor hat on, like yeah. that's probably going to be one of the most exclusive hats at any match in the country. Only 24 hats ever made. And we're probably getting two each, I would guess. So that leaves <laughs> that leaves like only 18 in the wild. <laughs> I don't know if we'll have enough for everybody, so oh well. <laughs> there's only going to be 10 squads. I think there's only 10 squads at the match. Okay. Or 12 right. squads, maybe 12 squads. Well, are we, yeah, on the, to clarify, we are only talking the actual, like, match day, not staff day. Staff, sorry, you just left out. Yeah. Yeah. We might well, do, I mean, we might do a drawing for the staff or something. It's a good uh, idea. Do a drawing for a couple extra hats. I like it. Yeah. Yeah, Sasquatch will pay for it. It's fine. And these are I Richardson. Was, was, one, these are Richardson one twelves, people. Richardson one twelves. Yeah, these are nice hats. I was slightly concerned when you told me how many hats you ordered, and you were lying. And you're like, "It's this much." I'm like, sixty dollars a hat seems a little high." But okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we should have. You should have seen how much Jared would have. How much money he would have sent you. For his right. third of the portion of his hats right. before think, he like, I, he's like, I no, I don't want exa- any. I think my exact wording was like, well, okay, I'll pay for my part, but uh, I don't want any more after this. <laughs> That's funny. I mean, it was like, I don't know, would you say like 12 hats or something, like 60 bucks a piece? Or yeah, that's what, or that's what he said. That's what he said first. <laughs> Okay. Oh, wait. One more thing. Sorry, I keep coming up with this stuff. I signed up for a an additional uh, level two today. What did you sign up for? I am traveling to Great Plains. By yourself? I'm not not even shooting Great Plains. No, not by myself. Did you mean Cornhusker? No, Great Plains. I believe Great Plains. The so, like um, uh, John Luke Rubin of Rubin's Reloading messaged me and offered me a slot at the match. I guess he's a sponsor of the match. I'm not 100% nice. sure, but offered me a slot, offered me a ride. My mooching game is on point this year. I'm trying to spend as little as possible. So, if he listens to this, make sure he picks the hotel, not you. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm traveling in uh, in May, May 21st-ish, to uh, to Great Plains to shoot that match with John. Well, so that's Rubin. like the week after Single Stack Nationals, then. Yeah. Oh. Yep. Yeah, I'm out. So. I think, yeah. Is that the same weekend as Dragon's Cup, or is it the weekend before? Dragon's Cup is the same weekend as Nationals. Nice. I'm, I'm shooting Dragon's Cup, so that's why I'm not shooting the other one. There you go. But yeah, so thank you to John Luke Rubin of Rubin's Reloading. Uh, He's a local guy here, shoots in Tulsa. We're going to be traveling to our first match together. Got to see if that guy will sell you some primers. Or sell the Hit Factor, the whole Hit Factor squad some primers. Yeah, maybe I can talk him out of some primers. We'll see. I I got a long car ride. Got some time to work on him. Yeah, you need to step up your car ride game. <laughs> yeah, so that's it. I'm officially signed up for another match. That's so good. I'm, I've got four that I'm planning on so far. Might add one more this year. That's a lot like, for you. I think I've got 12, but three of them are in the same weekend. Yeah. You're going to shoot fifth, no less than 15, Jared. I'm not adding any more. I actually decided not to shoot Old Fort Shootout either, which isn't technically a major, but it was one that I always traveled to. Bullshit. I'm not shooting it this year either. Nope. I took it off. I even took it off the work calendar. I'm not going. I don't. He, you're, you are correct, Jeff. The over-under <laughs> is 14.5 as far as a, a betting line. The over-under is at 14.5, so and I'm taking the over. I can't remember if I told you guys about this, but I guess uh, like North Texas Open – uh, my state match and the Iowa state match all fall the same weekend. So we're planning to shoot North Texas on Friday. 
my state match on Saturday and Iowa on Sunday. It's like it's like six hours between matches. Call me. You could call me old, an old fart or whatever, like grandpa. Like that doesn't sound fun to me. <laughs> like just like that, like tr- like trying to cram in three matches into one weekend. It just doesn't sound like fun or interesting. I- I think it sounds like a great time with the local bros. So yeah, it'll be fun. Uh, that's good. I'm happy for you, but for me, that does sounds terrible. I've got like six or seven matches on my calendar for this year. That's if I can get a slot to nationals. So we'll see. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm see. like I'm planning on this is kind of the crappy thing about USPSA. I'm planning on going to single stack in May. But registration doesn't actually open until March fifth, like this week. Uh, that's so late. Uh, that's a good question, uh, Jared. Weren't you like just bitching about this the other day? Yeah, the, I mean, oh, your yeah. freaking matches shouldn't open until like 60, two weeks before. That's exactly 60, he was sixty days. Sixty days for national seems a little short. I'd have thought I would have thought that one would have probably opened like the beginning of February. Uh, I think pre-registration may be open then, but like actual registration. Oh, you didn't uh, have a slot? I don't have a slot. Nope. So hopefully I'll get a slot. It's single stack, so I'm guessing I'll be able to get one. But who knows? Mm-hmm. We'll see. Cool. Cool, cool. All right. All right. That's all I got, fellas. That's it. Stop recording. Damn it. <laughs> Stop recording, damn it.